Hi, welcome to Whole Self Podcast. I'm Sharon Wegman. And I'm Kayla Cedar. And today we're going to be talking about boundaries. Yes. And it's a follow-up to our last two podcasts. Yeah. Uh, the first one we did was on the mental load of women, and we really talked about there's often a large disbursement of chores, activities, information that the women carry in the household, and it is causing more and more divorces. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the mental load of women, and then we fed into... Uh, weaponized incompetence, which, as a refresher, is intentionally doing something poorly um, or neglecting it entirely with the purpose of getting out of having to do that again. So I know the example was a lot of the household stuff, parenting, things like that. How am I doing it so poorly that I'm not going to be asked to engage in this task again? Again, putting things on the women, exacerbating the mental load. Right. Now, we're not men men haters. We're not beating up the men. Obviously, there are men who carry the mental load. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that weaponized incompetence can be um, women doing that as well. So just know we don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about, well, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. How do we have the conversations that we need to have with individuals regarding setting boundaries yes okay so in order to have successful conversations Kayla and I were brainstorming about what we see to be successful with other people what we give couples when they have homework Mm -hmm. what we do in our own homes Um, for me I always say I like people to be doing an activity while they're talking so walking gardening cleaning because we're not focused hyper focused on the other person and what they're they're saying we're also doing something which usually brings down the stress of the conversation mm-hmm. and that goes with a lot of what i am always recommending uh couples that i work with to do is make sure that you're regulated during these conversations um nothing good is ever going to happen from trying to have these intense hard conversations nope. while we're dysregulated. Nada. So we do want to set up a safe and secure time and place to have these conversations ensuring that we're going into it uh regulated if we recognize that we're becoming dysregulated and the conversation even when you were just talking about um Engaging in a task while you're having these conversations. I was thinking about how the left and the right brain work together. So how am I engaging the left brain with a logical task so that I can feel less nervous or scared or intimidated by accessing the more emotional right side of the brain? So again, that ties so closely in that that is regulation. That's integration. Um, That is how we have to have these conversations absolutely so i think a lot of people have this image based on movies or television where you sit down across from another person and you have this hard conversation Mm -hmm. but when that's occurring that generally causes a lot of dysregulation Mm -hmm. in the other person and so in order for this conversation to be successful i always say 
do an activity, walk, whatever. Even if you're sitting in the car driving, mm-hmm. you're actually not looking at the other person. Mm-hmm. But you might have to do a specific mindful activity, like maybe um, pinching the muscle between your index finger and your thumb to just keep yourself in a regulated state. Mm-hmm. That's a common relaxation skill so Mm -hmm. can't show that on a podcast but that's a way to stay (laughs) mindful in a conversation Mm -hmm. and then also kind of with that I think we have this misconception of we need to sit here and have this conversation until it's all resolved no absolutely not so that's a bit unrealistic of ourselves and of our partner, could we potentially resolve everything in one conversation? Yes, but do we want to go into it with that expectation? Probably not. So we do want to have a um, way to say, okay, I'm I'm becoming dysregulated. I need to end this conversation. Things are turning sideways. I need to end this conversation. Or we hit a time limit. So we set a timer. If we can't hash this out in 15, 20, 30 minutes, we just need to find a way to end it and let that just be what it is and come up with a plan to revisit it in the future. Yeah. And I think so. I often will just say, if you are still circling after a half an hour, that's the signal that you need to revisit this conversation. After each party has the ability to calm themselves down and re-engage in the conversation. And so that's hard because I'll have a lot of people who come in and they stay up all night arguing or they have a two-hour fight. And I'm like, this is not producing anything that's good in your relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to have boundaries tied to these engagements so that both people can feel safe Mm -hmm. in that communication. Mm -hmm. So we have to create Mm -hmm. safety, and so that's going to involve boundaries. And always make sure that if you do have to end it because one person's being disrespectful or because we're circling, that you set a time when that's going to we're going to have this conversation again. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. We'll talk about this this weekend. Always set that time because for the individual who might be more anxious in the conversation, they're going to be like, well, when? Mm -hmm. And you have to literally create safety even in the setting of the boundary to be able to come back to it. We'll come back on Sunday and talk about it. Even even for uh, maybe a person in the relationship who's avoidant of, oh, good, this conversation's over. I'm never going to, I'm just going right. to slip away from this. No, we're going to hold e- ourselves accountable and revisit this on this time and date. Absolutely. So come regulated to engage. So <clears throat> let's talk about boundaries that most people who are in these um relationships in which there's weaponized incompetence or relationships in which they're carrying high mental load Mm -hmm. need to begin to look at and we again always suggest that you visit a therapist to help you figure out what are good boundaries for your particular situation because it's very difficult for us to say this is, should be the boundary for all people in all situations absolutely so these are just examples of what we're going to visit a couple of different types of boundaries they're just examples of it it's going to look different for each person in their own individual marriage relationship situation so boundaries are not about 
I'm you're not allowed to you're you it's all about the other person yeah boundaries are about what I cannot and can do in the course of whatever relationship that is so my first example would be and I might have an emotional boundary that this topic never goes well when I have of this conversation mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are not safe to have this conversation. I am not able to vulnerably share on this topic. Mm-hmm. And so I've discovered over time who is safe, when is safe, how is safe. So it's the who, what, when, how. Of Sometimes there's going to be individuals in your life that are close to, but you can't have certain conversations with them because it gets deflected, because it gets avoided, maybe because it's weaponized. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to really recognize my emotional boundary is I can't discuss that with you. Mm -hmm. I could talk about it with Sally, Mm -hmm. but I can't discuss that with you because that's never been successful. Absolutely. Um, and then there's there's other kinds of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mental, um, how much mental energy am I willing, able, capable of giving this person? Um, how much space are they taking up in my thoughts? What are my expectations of the other individual? Um, how much mental distress is this relationship causing me um, based off of how I'm interacting with it? Can I shift my boundaries a little bit and maintain this relationship and maybe not give it as much mental energy. Sure. And then physical energy, physical boundaries, sorry. Physical boundaries would look like someone shouting in my face, I'm going to have to leave the room. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that I can't continue to engage with that physically. I'm removing myself. Somebody is assaulting my character verbally. Again, I am going to have to choose to physically remove myself from that situation. Mm-hmm. But it could be on a smaller level. I was just saying, I don't like when people come up behind me and hug me and I can't see who they are mm-hmm. or that it's about to happen. That's never a pleasant experience Mm-mm. for me. And so for me, I have asked my husband, well, I'm married 33 years, so it's been a long time ago. Please do not approach me from behind. Yeah. <laughs> because that doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, it doesn't feel so safe. It might feel exciting to him, sure. but it doesn't feel safe and secure for me. So I've set that type of boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So a lot of the proximity, a lot of the, you know, do I need space after an argument? Do I need space after while I'm engaging in a certain task Mm -hmm. don't come in the kitchen while I'm cooking oh yeah yeah um sexual what am I willing to and not willing to engage in um are we feeling uh, emotionally coerced are we feeling obligated emotionally to engage sexually when we actually don't want to Mm -hmm. Do I know when I want to engage sexually? Am I able in my relationship to say yes or no, depending on what I actually want? And really, that's the kind of relationship that's feel, that feels safe, mm-hmm. that the other person is able to respect our no, will make us feel more secure in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But many times... Um, there's pressure, and then that doesn't feel safe. There's not safety tied to sexuality in our relationship. Mm-mm. 
And then um, we added spiritual. You know, sometimes I say people need to set boundaries on what they're comfortable with. You know, uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of very passionate people out there, or fortunately, it's both, who are very passionate about their spiritual beliefs, but we need to be able to decide what feels comfortable and what doesn't in any given moment. So part of moving into having healthy boundaries so that you can have better self-care, better self-value, is really writing these out. What are my emotional, mental, physical, sexual, and spiritual boundaries? Mm -hmm. And begin to process that with maybe a counselor. Um, And we just want to make sure that it's important for us to take ownership over... um, how we are engaging with people regarding our boundaries. Yeah. Um, I, I think for a lot of people, uh, as much as boundaries is becoming a more uh, popular word, we're still not exactly sure what they are um, because maybe we grew up in a boundaryless home. Maybe there were no boundaries. Maybe we were shamed for having boundaries. Um, especially in marriage, there can be certain expectations of what a wife's responsibilities are. So how much, um, how much boundaries am I actually able to have? So understanding what they are and yeah, I I can have boundaries and that's okay. Does it make me a bad wife or a bad person? It's true. I I was thinking about, I watched the shiny, happy people on the Duggar family, and I thought about how none of the children were allowed to have negative feelings. None of the children were allowed to say no. They had to say yes at, at all times, and they had to do whatever their parents told them to. And I think for a lot of people... I don't know what age and up, they grew up in environments in which you were not allowed to say no, you were not allowed to state preferences, you were not allowed to have a different opinion, otherwise that was considered disrespectful. And so our challenge is navigating that with our own children to be able to validate their feelings without enabling poor behavior and I think we see a lot of that with a lot of adults right now who grew up in environments where their feelings were not recognized as valid. It was always moving towards, no, you must respect authority. I can't help but think even just with that example of how sometimes spiritual boundaries can get weaponized to, in a way of like, you must honor your mother and father. You're not allowed to have a different feeling or emotion or what the church says about certain obligations of women in a marriage, of um, how our gender roles and marital roles reinforced in a negative or weaponized way that really disempowers a lot of women. Um, And again, bringing it back to the boundary aspect of it. How has this stolen my ability to self-advocate for myself, to have boundaries, to engage in a healthy way in these relationships? How has lack of boundaries led to very poor affect and emotional regulation on my part? Yeah. And so I think what we see is a lot of people who come from religious communities are kind of deciding 
what is it that caused me to be like this and how do I change that going forward? So it's very hard when you've been raised to be a pleaser of your parents to set boundaries. <laughs> Absolutely, because often if we were raised to be a pleaser, then we're taking that that engagement in relationships into our marriage as well. So how is that affecting the mental load? How is that affecting weaponized incompetence? How is that affecting lack of boundaries in the marriage? Right. And if they get upset with my boundary, do I then feel the need to back off Mm -hmm. with my boundary? Well, they're upset. That's enough. No, get that. It's never enough. Yeah. Because they're going to learn the more they are angry, the more you'll let go of your boundaries. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really something that you need to work on and i that's again we're going to always point you back to therapy mm-hmm. to find somebody who can validate your feelings validate your thoughts so that you can be moving towards even though this feels super uncomfortable i still know it's the right thing for me and this is not going to change if i continue to enable the situation by taking care of the fact that they're angry, that they are sad. It's not my job to take care of their feelings, but we have set it up in our relationship that I am taking care of their feelings. And that's a lot of what boundaries are, is where do I end and you begin? It is not to control. It is not to uh, necessarily change the other person. It's, okay, whatever's happening now, my level of engagement is not working well. So I need to reconfigure this for my own mental and emotional well-being. And again, when we bring it back to the basics of boundaries are where I end and the other person begins, that also means that their feelings are their feelings. I don't need to take on responsibility for their emotions if my partner is sad because they made me feel sad that doesn't mean that I don't get to feel sad anymore (laughs) I don't need to emotionally caretake my partner because they had an emotional quote-unquote consequence so to say yeah and I say to people all the time if you feel guilty setting a boundary you're probably doing the right thing Mm. People perceive that guilt is the essence of I am doing bad, but that's because they were shamed as as their way of form of correction. But guilt, in and when it comes to boundaries, is usually the evidence that you were doing the right thing and taking back ground that you had given away. Taking back ground that we've given away. I really, really, really like that, especially when we consider how the mental load and weaponized incompetence is this encroaching on boundaries of how much of this was my mental and intellectual property that a partner felt entitled to. How do I reclaim that for myself and say, you need to use your own brain because my brain can't work for the both of us. Mm. I need to start caretaking for myself more because it, it's, it's too much. Yeah. So, again, we're, we're trying to create a sense of value for self is going to impact all of your relationships positively. Mm-hmm. 
But if you've been codependent with the other person, which is taking care of their responsibilities, their feelings, their whatever, they're not going to experience that initially. Mm-mm. But in the end, there will be a healthier relationship mm-hmm. in which there's mutual respect that, that did not exist before. Yes. So we talked about a couple books that we, or authors that we like when it comes to boundaries. Um, that would be Townsend. Henry, Henry Cloud and John Townsend have written a wide variety of books. If we're specifically talking about marriage, we like Boundaries in Marriage mm-hmm. is their book. But they have a boundary book on every population there is. Yes. <laughs> Children, teens, leaders, problem people. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. And we also like um, Doctor Twab. Yeah, Set- Nedra Twab. Yes. What's the name of her book? Uh, Set boundaries, find peace. Yeah, and that is the piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Where we've worked hard at trying to change the other person, mm-hmm. and that hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. If I want to find peace, I have to begin to value myself enough to set the boundaries that I need in order for me to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And in the end, that's going to positively impact how I parent, how I'm a friend, and how I'm an employee. Yeah. Boundaries are amazing. Yes, they are. And then Melody Beattie, she's Mm, did a lot of work with codependency. Anything, Anything codependency, Melody Beattie. She's got a podcast, blog, books. She's a great resource as well. So we'll link those books in the show notes. And um, if you liked what we were doing, please feel free to follow us on Instagram, Whole Self Therapist. Um, Follow our podcast. Um, We appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you.